Today's show is brought to you by Melatonin, because I'm exhausted. <laughs> Not a sponsor. I'm just done. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, and welcome in to Forte Catholic. My name's Taylor Stroll, and I'm sitting here in, in Central Texas just having a grand old time. My co host is one of them northerners, Mr. John Blevins. How you doing today, boy? My name is Jan Janssen. I come from Wisconsin. I work in the lumber yard there, you know. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> that was the best north I could do. <laughs> What's up, Johnny? How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. I'm, I really am doing very well. Uh, you know why I'm doing well is because you are a very busy man this week. There's a lot going on at your parish and, and I, I gave you 48 hours and you gave me, you gave me the one and a half that I asked for, but you were like, Hey, let's do this at eight 30. And I was like, Ugh. and then you were <laughs> like, "Never mind, let's do it at nine 30 and then just chill for 30 minutes before we record. I love you, John Blevins. Hey, I love you too. It's better than the one time I asked you to do it at six in the morning. Or at 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah, 11 p.m. would is much more feasible than 6 a.m. But I have kids that sleep, and I don't know if you've heard me at all before, but I'm quite loud. So me talking at 11, me doing the show at 11 o'clock, it's not too feasible. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I, I got to tell you, bro, it's good to see you too, and I just want to hang out in person with you, man. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun whenever that happens. It was like what five minutes last time. So. I have I have uh, news for you. I might be traveling your way very soon, and I was going to talk to you about it in the break, and I still will. But you can be <laughs> you can continue your excitement for seeing me in person because it might be happening sooner than you think. I might my way like Illinois, Chicago, or my way like Minnesota. We'll meet halfway. Your way, like I'm going to come to your house and you're going to let me crash in a guest room or something. Can't wait. I'm sitting in it right now. Uh, okay, I'll be there in like two and a half weeks. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We'll, t- we'll work out the details later. Can't wait. <laughs> so, um, I, I, as kind as I am, that was a yes. joke. That was a joke. <laughs> I think you're kind. So, okay, so here's the thing. I actually did want to talk to, to you about this. And, and some people uh, commented on whether or not I am kind and and good and true and beautiful. And we'll get to that. But there is this thing, particularly with, with, with you, and there's a few other people in my life, that this is true. I could count you are you are a famous Catholic Twitch streamer. Everyone loves you at Bearded Blevins. Uh, you are the most famous child in your household. Like you are just you are just on top of the world, and and people love your stream, and I love your stream, and I hop into your stream, and you and I like I I make fun of people that I love. I'm sarcastic with people that I love. I yeah. joke with people I love. I make fun of people that I love. And very often I will hop in your chat and you're playing and you're very kind and you'll interact with people who are chatting, especially me because I'm your favorite. And uh, I'll come in and I'll say something snarky that I know that you will understand. So here's the thing, John. You laugh and my friends laugh when I say things to like when I say things to you, you laugh and people that know us will laugh. People that do not know who I am at all because I'm Mm. not popular or famous Look at me in your chat and look at me me and my interactions with you and they're like, That guy's a jerk. <laughs> yes. 
So I don't know what to do, John, because this is how I interact with people that I love. But when it happens in a public forum, people hate me. And I don't know if I should change what I'm doing or if I should just not care what those other people think. I'm conflicted. I think you should not care. And here's why. You're a busy guy. You have family. You work hard. You have a lot going on. So it's an honor anytime you're able to stop by the stream, show support, show some love, and interact in the chat. If you're going to do it like that, though, and you're not going to spend lots of time in the chat, no one's really going to get to know who you are. And so, and, and so I don't, that's the solution. The solution is watch me more. Yeah. <laughs> but see but like you're, you're busy. So like, don't <laughs> come in when you can. I get it. It's funny. If you get blocked, I'll try to unblock you. I've been uh, blocked and, a and couple of times. In your you're chat. a VIP. You're VIP. So like people should know just by that. So maybe I need to talk to my mods. But just from that, they should know like, hey, VIPs don't get blocked unless they stream snipe me. So this happened recently, which I, I'm planning on doing, by the way, I, 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 I am a console gamer, but I've been thinking about buying a PC just to stream snipe you because I think that would be one of my great achievements in life. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really fun. It would be hilarious. I, I would welcome it. If you find now you'd have to get in my game, find me and then kill me. Which, You're like, I know, John, I know how it works. <laughs> but he, he, Here's the thing, John. I just wouldn't tell you that I was trying to stream snipe you and you would kill me like 14 times, but then that 15th time, you wouldn't have to know that you killed me 14 times before. <laughs> I would just clip the, the 15th one, it'll be great. I love it, so you would be anonymous and no one would know. That's great, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but no, be who you are, be who you are. So I, I, I don't get offended. Well, good. And, and, and that's the thing is like, that's one of the interesting things about like public forums. So like, there are public forums that like, quote unquote, I can control the conversation, right? Like that, like you and I were having a conversation, even though there are two people in the conversation. So I'm not like in charge of it. Like if you say, so, if I say something and you misunderstand it, we can have a conversation about it. Or if I say something and you respond and I'm like, oh no, no, he didn't understand what I meant. And I can like kind of restate it, right? Like that's how conversations yeah. go. That's not how it works in text form. So in your chat or like it's happened on social media too, like father Anthony and I will be going back and forth and that's all like our entire conversation, our entire like friendship is joking with each other. And then somebody will come in the conversation and be like, how dare you talk to a priest like that? It's like, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Like, like and, we're friends. And like, here's the thing. It's not just like priest says something. Taylor says something. Troll says something. It's like, we just had like a 14 comment text thread where we're all laughing and I'm doing the crying cat emoji, the crying laughing emoji. It's like, how do you not see that this is friendship? Go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, you just gotta, you know, shake the dust and move on to another town at those people, I think. <laughs> well, here's the thing, John, that's very difficult because I haven't worn shoes in months. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw these things today on TikTok. I know, Chinese spy thing, it's fine. And it's, it's I almost put my feet on here. That's against terms of service, I think, for uh, videos. It, it, it's like a layer. It's like a, like a, like a thin black layer with like bumps that you can, so that you don't get hurt on your feet and you just put it on the bottom of your feet and you can just walk anywhere barefoot. That's I'm called a them. shoe. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's incredible. I'm, I'll show you, I'll send you a picture. We're gonna, I'm buying them, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna try going in a store and be like, put your shoes on and just lift up my feet and be like, look. Okay, I, I have a very deep theological question for you and it regards feet and walking and sandals. Are you ready? Uh-huh. If Jesus walked on water on a river, would he stay in one place or would he float down the river? <laughs> like, would he go with the current of the water? 
Oh my gosh. I would have to say, I think he has the ability to do whatever he wants, but, <laughs> exactly. I, but, I, but I think he would have to try extra hard. <laughs> he would have to, he has to be on X games mode, as they say, in order to make sure he's standing still on the flowing river. Here's my thought. Here's my thought. I think, I think you're, you're right. I think the, the, the major theology here is exactly what you said. It's literally the words that I was thinking, Jesus could do whatever he wants because he is Jesus. But there is a human side to Jesus too. And I think that if Jesus was walking on water, he could stay still if he didn't skip leg day the day before. I think that's, I think you need a little bit of leg strength if you're going to stay still on a moving river while you're walking on water. How's that? Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Is this, right. is this weird that I have to tell you real quick, like a thought about Jesus since you brought up Jesus. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. We're talking about Jesus this early in the show? I know you brought it up. What if? Like, do you just ever wonder or kind of hope that like after he rose, but before, before he went to heaven, that he, that he would just like, that he like maybe snuck into Pontius Pilate's like room at night and was just like, hi. Yeah, exactly. And then left. Like that's unrecorded, but I'm pretty sure it happened. And, and I don't think it's vindictive. I think it's just kind of funny. So I, I hope, I hope it happened. So here, here's what I, I, I envision that all the time because yes, we are both clinically insane. Uh, have you ever seen the meme? Of there, there's like the old. It's, it's a pretty famous line in old English. Jesus supped with his disciples, meaning Jesus like what? Jesus supped, s u p p e d, which means like had dinner. Like yeah. It, 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 I, 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 if I'm recalling right, it's the old English, like the King King James type style of of Bible, where it where uh, it's like the Last Supper. So it's this serious thing. Jesus supped with his disciples. I saw a meme the other day, and it was that verse and it's just jesus standing with his disciples and they're all like sup so, <laughs> so i love it uh, so i i think in in uh you know uh acts chapter 24 the one that doesn't exist yep. uh you know jesus shows up to Pilate, and he's like sup jesus sup. supped with with his with his uh murderers <laughs> i love it i love it all right. Well, welcome into Forte Catholic. I, I, did I say my name? I'm Taylor Schroll. I don't know if I said my name, if it wasn't obvious by now, because... Uh, say my name, say my name. Please continue. When no one is around you, say, baby, I love you. You ain't running game. Sorry. You know what city they're from? Destiny's Child? Yeah. Houston. Yes. Uh, hey! You didn't know, but you knew why I was asking. You're yes, smart enough no to figure it out. When I when I lack in knowledge, I make up for in wisdom. And that brings us into our uh that brings us into a couple of things. One, we have a big thing to celebrate here, Jonathan uh, uh Mag Magic Blevins. Uh <laughs> What is Tell your us. middle name? Charles. Charles. See, like you seem like a guy who would have the middle name John. But your first name's Jonathan, so it Jonathan doesn't work. John. John, 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 John Blevins. Yeah, Jonathan Charles. It's my grandfather's middle name, my dad's first name, my middle name, and my son Caleb's middle name. So here's here's the thing. Can, can I can I uh, can I offer a rebuttal? <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't offer a rebuttal because that's the truth. Those are our names. But... Well, well, in a court of law, if, if somebody says something <laughs> true, the other lawyer is still going to offer a rebuttal, John. That's how our justice system works, or it doesn't. Jonathan Charles sounds like a person from 400 years ago. Thank you. But then you add Blevins, and that, like, I guess it's because, like, you're hip and cool, and so are both of your brothers. 
like the Blevins name just sounds so cool that it's it doesn't fit. It it doesn't fit to me. Like <laughs> I feel like you need to be like Jonathan Zoom Blevins or like Zoom? What? Jonathan uh Leandro Blevins. Like it needs to have a little bit more flavor. Like Charles sounds like an old king because he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and I I love it. it's classy, you know? Yeah, but when I think I'm not saying that the Blevins family isn't classy. Like your your mom seems very nice. I like it. Yeah, her. sometimes I taste wine at restaurants and return it because it's corked. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, John. I know you well enough to know that you tried the wine, didn't like it, took some cork out of your pocket and put it in so that you could get another glass but not have to pay for it. Okay, that's closer to the truth. But the actual <laughs> truth is my mom sometimes does that and I've never returned wine because it all is good. Right. Why would you return <laughs> alcohol? Come on. It's, it's the first thing I think of when someone says classy is I make fun of my mom. She's adorable. Thanks. Well, love you, mom. Lo- love you. <laughs> love you. Love you. Uh, my two of my favorite people to follow on social media are your mom and Father Anthony's mom. Like, oh, they're awesome. so kind. They're so kind to you two. And then I think I th- you're very nice to your mom. I think I might be nicer to Father Anthony's mom than Father Anthony is nice to his mom online. He's very nice to oh, him person. Hundred percent agree. But uh, yeah, um, which we have some cool news, Jonathan. Share it. Uh, this past week we hit one hundred downloads no that's not right One hundred thousand downloads this past week jonathan and i was telling you this earlier and and you have some news i think you had something to do with this i uh yeah i don't want to take too much credit since uh, i'm does it count individual episode downloads yes that's that is how so you then i do things. have more to do with it than just one <laughs> because i have been listening to the podcast weekly for like two months Wow, I'm I'm so proud of you and honestly shocked. I was just talking last week about how none of my co-hosts, except for Father Anthony, listen to the show because he's the only person that listened before he was a co-host. So it was already like part of his routine. And you told me you heard that. And I'm like, wait, what? You listened? <laughs> yeah. It, I'm trying. Listen, dude, I, you know that I love you like a brother. We just get closer as the days go on. And uh, I want to support you. And so I was like, I need to start listening to this. And I figured it would give me some more insights when we have, when we record our episodes and, uh, and you're actually kind of funny. So I'm enjoying it. And, and it's the only podcast I listen to. You hadn't right noticed now. that in any of our interactions. <laughs> I, mean, I did, but I just assumed it was that it was like a, like just us, you know, our, our combination of, of, of excellence. Oh, together. so you thought it was you. No, no, no. Us. We have a great rapport. I have a cord stuck in my toe. Uh, send it back. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, and, and it's, it's just you, you do a great job. You do a great job, and it's actually been fun to just remember where we were when I started here with you, uh, to, and then just to see where you are now. You're just killing it, dude. No, like it's it's so interesting thinking back to. I was actually like looking back. I was like, oh, I've had co-hosts for like around a year now. It's closer to two years than it is to one. Oh wow! It's more than a year and a half uh, that like we've had this crew of of co-hosts, and like. Alice and I had a relationship before the show. Uh, Father Anthony and I had a relationship before the show. Uh, You and I and Liv and I both had like some interaction, but not a ton. 
So, like, it is real, especially with you, but just because you're you're far away, like, Liv would come in person, and we, we like, got to hang out. Like, you were, yeah. you, we're, you said earlier, we've literally met for five minutes in person, uh, and we're changing that in two and a half weeks whenever I show up at your house, uh, hopefully announced. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like, we, we really have grown as friends, and, and you, you even were so nice, and you gave me such a compliment on your stream the other day that you were, your compliment was... I almost left you a few months ago, but I stayed. It's like, thanks. <laughs> that is not how I said it. What I said was, it's been, life has been crazy and busy. What is something I can cut that takes up time that I don't know if I'm contributing enough to? And that was it. However, I love doing the show with you. We've become good friends. That's a way better compliment than what you said. Sure. Well, here, here, th I might, I might be uh wary on taking compliments here recently i i did a uh a talk for an online men's conference here recently and okay. i was only for a while i was only seeing comments like on the youtube video of of the conference but then there's this other platform like where the conference was actually held that apparently that's where people were commenting i was like okay i guess no one watched this and didn't care but on the other platform like a few hundred people watched the talk and i was like okay cool and and they were leaving comments and there were maybe like 15 and okay. 14 of them were just just great. Just people being super supportive. I, I love it. Keep being supportive, especially of things that you like during COVID. People you like, people you love, because it's it's hard. Like it, it did mean a lot to read for. I got down to the 15th one. I'm not even kidding. It was the last one. Here's what it said. It was it, it, it there there was more at the top. They were being very kind. Here's the last sentence of this comment. What you might lack in theological training is more than made up for by your insights and zeal. And I've been, I, I, I posted this on social media and I've been having trouble with it. And even people's reactions have been different because some people see it as a compliment. Some people see it as a huge diss, diss and I oscillate between the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. The first time I read it, I was like, I could see how that would be offensive uh, for sure. And then the second time I read it, I was like, well, they're being super like nice. Like to say, like, honestly, that might be something that you would leave on a comment to St. Paul. That's well, a pretty great compliment. I had a comment on St. Paul this week, too, that we don't have time to get into, but that's a whole oh, other great. thing. Great. <laughs> seriously, like that literally might be something that someone said to any of the apostles and to St. Paul. Oh, okay. Um, the, it nullifies the the degree that I have in religious studies and the year of training that I had in grad school. So <laughs> here's the thing: like a lot of the other people at this conference are, are have masters in theology. Not all of them, but some do. D does the year that I didn't take in grad school mean that I'm not well theologically trained? Like, like that year must mean a lot to this guy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, here's a hot take. Uh, I have a master's and uh, I learned more from having from arguing with my teachers in my master's courses than I did from my master's courses. So that, that was my go ahead and say it doesn't mean as much as people give it credit for. I, I agree, which is why I left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I put my my money and my location and my family where my heart is. Um, Boom. But so some people were like, well, you do have insights and zeal. That's very kind. Um but I was like, well, I'm still paying the loans for my theological training, so it hurt a little bit. <laughs> Dude, you're gonna like your neck. Don't let this go. Don't let this go to like. Don't, don't let it sink too much into your head, bro. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna laugh so hard. I'm gonna watch your next talk, and you're gonna be like, 
you know, the Greek word for is this. And oh, what it John, means is. John, you just made my new YouTube video. I'm going to make a parody talk for this guy. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. And with no insights and no zeal. <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. There you go. Oh, boy. Okay. Here is, here is the good review. Sarah Huber is one of the best viewers of the show. She's been listening to the show for a lot longer than two months, I must, I must say. Wow. And uh, here's what she said. Uh, she was watching the show on YouTube. Wait, and she, she was watching the men's conference? No, no, no. She was watching the uh, a Forte Catholic podcast. Oh, okay. She was watching a Forte Catholic podcast uh, with a small baby that is within her family, a nephew, a niece, something like that. It's it's a baby. I don't know. They all look the same. Uh, baby was not sure about me. Baby, you know, very small baby sitting there, like I'm quite loud, not sure about yeah. me. The baby likes ladies more. But here's the thing. So it's another like, okay, but uh, like, I'm not offended by this. A baby doesn't like me. I'm very loud and, and, and uh, many zeals coming out of my mouth. And babies are notoriously judgmental. Yeah, jerks. <laughs> but Sarah also listens to Clerically Speaking and the baby likes me more than the baby likes Clerically Speaking. So I love it. I win. You, you win. <laughs> that I would, I would. Uh, I would hold that over their heads for at least another year or three. Oh, I'm going to have it tattooed on my arm. So even when I start forgetting things, it's always going to be there. <laughs> Listen here, Father Anthony. One time a baby liked <laughs> me more than you. <laughs> and then he's going to be like, and then I married that baby with her husband. So I win. And I was about to say, like, he oh. can't marry that baby. Don't you put that on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's our first segment. I will be right back. Uh, John, you're going to come back in the final segment. We're going to talk about mental health with uh, a, a, a friend of mine who is a professional counselor. So do not go anywhere. Then John and I will come back, and we are continuing the Chicken Soup for the Shroll segment. Don't go anywhere. John, what are you drinking there? Water. Oh, I have water, too. We're recording much earlier than we usually do, so uh, <laughs> we're drinking H2O, better things. H2O, you could say. <gasps> I just had deja vu for the first time in a long time. I've I've seen you lean into the camera and say H2O before. I know I have. <laughs> it was brilliant. But anyway, this is how we're segueing it, because you, you said in today's show that you started listening to this podcast after many years. And yeah. uh, there's a new podcast that is in the Forte Catholic Podcast Network that I am helping produce with... Our co-host and friend, Olivia Eugene Harrison. Talk to me with Liv Harrison. is a new podcast that is out now. If John, after all these years, can start listening to Forte Catholic, you guys who are listening to this show already because you're good people, uh, just, just go on over in your podcast app. Go subscribe to Talk to Me with Liv Harrison, and we will both love you more. And by us both, I mean me and Liv because I can't speak for John because he's here. But I will too. Amen. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and we have the first person in the studio. And I mean first person in the studio because no one considers me as a human person. Uh, first person in the studio since the quarantine, my new neighbor, Kelsey Johnson. And in my phone, you are still Kelsey Ricketson. Uh. <laughs> so you married my friend, uh, Joshua, and you are now a Johnson. And you have moved back to Brian, and you've been uh, doing counseling for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And uh, people know that I need it. 
So this is my first counseling session. Welcome <laughs> in to my first counseling <laughs> session. Uh, I'm excited you're here. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, so you started um, Abide Counseling uh, right here in the Brazos County area. <laughs> I, I was try I couldn't think of the word Brian. That's how today is going. <laughs> That's the city that I live in. <laughs> um, but essentially, you are here. I, I was bringing this up to some people, like you know, uh, uh, some of the co-hosts and some of the other people that I've been hanging out with. Hey, th this is who's coming on the show this week, and they're like, "Oh, Taylor, you've never been to counseling," and I'm like. I'm, I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware that I've never been to counseling. And I don't know why, but I think there's some fear around it. So why should I go to counseling? <laughs> the age old question. Why should I go to counseling? So one of my personal favorite quotes about counseling um, is along the lines of, not everyone needs counseling, but everyone can benefit from counseling. So... Um, let's just talk about the counseling process a little bit to demystify it. Um, because one of the most common comments I get from people is asking, am I going to come and lay down on your couch and <laughs> share all my life story? And the answer is no, not unless you truly want to lay down on the couch. I will let you lay on the couch. But yeah, counseling is, um, you know, it's coming and talking for an hour about yourself. However often you want to come. Boy, I do that every week on the radio. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want an audience, I don't think, <laughs> for my counseling sessions, though. Yeah, so counseling is about really learning yourself, learning tools and coping strategies to deal with things that are going on. Um, but what I've really realized in these past years as a counselor is that it's such a luxury to be able to just come and talk about yourself because every conversation that you have you know, it's always half about you unless you're, you know, just you and you want to talk yeah. about yourself all the time. It's 60, 40, let's be real. Yeah. On a good day. I've, I've, I've gotten better, uh, <laughs> but here I am I, talking about myself and saying how good I am, which is, I don't think what I'd be doing when I went to counseling. Uh, because everyone that has listened to the show knows that there are some things wrong. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing that has kept me from going to counseling is I, I, I've, I've never been, so I can't. It's not something that I knock, and I think it's great. And like Father mm -hmm. Anthony has talked about how great it is. I think, uh, and people in my family have gone. I just haven't. I think one of the big things is that for many, many years, until just a few years ago, I, I grew up like you have to be the man. You don't feel feelings. You don't do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And then over the last few years, I've started to open that up, like in the spiritual life, like right. in retreat ministry mm -hmm. or like spiritual direction or like mentorship with other people that are holier than me, which isn't hard to find. <laughs> um, but like, as I've gone through this process over the last few years um, of kind of opening up and like going through some of the things, it's like, why am I the way that I am? Right. Which is another age-old <laughs> question. Uh, like a lot of times it brings up hard memories and yeah. memories that I don't think about. So then it's like I open up and then I start to feel all these things and it's not good. Mm -hmm. And I want to just close back down. Right? Yeah. 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 It's so, so common. And also I just want to mention that, um, you know, a lot of people go to spiritual direction. A lot of people have these, these great experiences like that. And for some people that is enough for them, but for others, they start to uncover these things like you're talking about and get to this deeper place. And, um, it really becomes this different level of, um, of expertise that's needed and this d deeper healing that is available through counseling. And so what you're talking about is, 
is common. It's in our paperwork of counseling. It tells you that things are going to get... They warned you about me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it says things are going to get harder before they're going to get better. It says you're probably going to experience some, maybe even, um, you know, worsening of the symptoms that you're already having. It's going to hurt. It's going to, you're maybe depressed a little bit more, things like that. Um, And why that is, it's really, it's about trauma. You know, that's kind of a big word. And we think of, you know, car wrecks, people getting shot and all kinds of things like that. But trauma is, is pain. It can be, um, you know, someone calling you a name in the eighth grade that, you know, affects you for the rest of your life or. Don you, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Most commonly, you know, the things that, um, the wounds that come from our parents. You know, we are all, all raised by people that are imperfect. And so there's going to be some wounds along the way. And that causes this, this, these wounds and these pains in us that truly become a, uh, get a trauma. They give us a trauma response. And so like you're saying, when you encounter that thing, it is painful. And, um, an analogy I like to use a lot with clients is talking about, you know, when you break your arm, it hurts, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never experienced that before. But the healing begins the second you break it. Because once it's broken, your body starts working to put it back together, even though it hurts like heck and it's broken. And then, you know, the doctor might have to come put a splint in it. It's going to hurt some more and all those things. But in that pain, that is healing. You hear the word healing and you think of, you know, the goodness that comes after and the light feelings and all of that. But the healing is in that pain. You know, Jesus teaches us that on the cross. The healing was in the death, not just on Easter Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's powerful. I mean, I can tell that you are a Catholic and a counselor because you just (laughs) tied those two things together uh, very well. So well that it made me forget what I was going to say. Well, I learned something right here, too. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm I'm always terrified when I talk to, like, uh, psychologists or counselors because it's like, Oh, you forgot that because of something your dad said. (laughs) You're just analyzing me. Yeah, it's funny. As a counselor, too, I find that, um, you know, people ask me sometimes, is it hard in friendships to kind of like turn the counseling off or whatever? And um, I think that's the word. The the hardest thing is people are so scared I'm going to analyze them all the time. (laughs) And I'm not, I promise. Well, just just like most things, I just don't think about it and then I don't have to deal with it. There you go. Okay. Speaking of that, right? And so like the, the first session. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm going into my first session and I, f- I'm me. I feel the way that I feel. It's like, I know that this is good, but I'm, I'm kind of scared of it. And, and it's just an unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's not like, I'm not like terrified, right? But it's like, there's some unknown there. I don't know what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. You're not letting me sit on your sofa. I'm very confused <laughs> about the whole thing now. So like, what is that first session or that first like, you know, group of sessions? You know mm-hmm. more than I do. Yeah. Uh, like help me to kind of get through that so I could be mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the process is actually going to begin even before you come to the counseling office because obviously you have to set up your appointment and all that. So um, the way that my practice works and a lot of practices work, you're going to get some paperwork beforehand. So you'll already have gone through some pretty personal questions, just asking about, you know, kind of like you would at the doctor, different medical history, things like that. And then some ex- like past experience, what's your relationship like with your parents and, you know, things like that. How's your marriage? So you'll already kind of have been thinking a little bit about these other factors. And the reason why we do that is because um, similar to like going to the doctor, like if you go in and your arm's hurting, the doctor also wants to know like, hey, you know, what have you been doing? different things. Do you have cancer or things like that? Because uh, we're not just, we don't want to just fix an arm if there's other problems going on. Oh, yeah. So we want to get that whole picture. So that's really what is what that first session is about. And even as a counselor, I have a hard time not just 
um, I have a hard time stopping myself from just going into the problem that you right. want because I want to help you fix it as much as you want to fix it. Um, but that first session is really about getting a whole, uh, the whole picture of you, what's going on, all the context. So there'll be a lot of um, those kind of demographic background information, just lots of different questions. Um, a lot of logistical things telling you about, you know, there's a whole thing we have to go through with confidentiality and form consent, let you know what you're getting into, that kind of thing. So the first session is honestly, the first session. Yeah. I'm afraid. It's just like, Hey, are you sure? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it can be a little boring, but I also, I try to include at least in that last half of the session, you know, getting your story out, you at least starting to uncover what is truly going on. What do you see as a problem and where do you want to go? I like question I like to ask ask is, how do you know when counseling is done? What would that look like? What would that feel like for you? So we already have an idea of your goals and where you're going and things like that. Because you don't, we don't, even a counselor, as a counselor, I don't want you to be in counseling forever. We want it to, to get going, to get you in the process. Some people do go to counseling for years and that's what they need and then nothing wrong with that. Um, but for a lot of people, it can be, you know, a couple months, I would say like three to six months is an average counseling spiel. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think I always assumed the opposite. I think because I have like a, from, here we go, getting into my past, from some things with, with doctors and mm -hmm. I guess the, the most similar thing where it's like, uh, we want you to be here forever. Right. So we're not actually going to heal you. We're going to heal you enough where you don't hate us. <laughs> but after about a year, it's like, I'm not getting better. Right. I'm just kind of, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, it's, it's really good to hear that, 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 that is the average and that is the goal. Um, and I think again, coming from a Catholic perspective, it's like, we want, to heal you. We don't want to just line our pockets because otherwise right. you wouldn't be Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely wouldn't be doing this. But uh, we both enjoy what we do. So the the thing we're going to go back to the thing that you said earlier at the beginning, close to the beginning, where you were like, not everyone needs it, but everyone would benefit mm -hmm. from it, right? And, and here we here we find ourselves in a very interesting uh, time in history, at least time in our own history, right? right? Um, so two things kind of from that, it's like, I, I think one of the things that I realized, I, I'm, I, I'm a workaholic, I'm always going, I'm always, and it kind of helps the like not thinking about the deeper things. Mm -hmm. And then the world fell apart. And so did I, right? Because like, <laughs> I shut down, I slowed down. Uh, and, and I started feeling like I've never even like felt signs or symptoms of depression mm. until three months ago because my whole life I've just been going and I didn't really have time to feel feelings. Right. Oh, right. And then I was just stuck. And, and like, I mean, it was a hard time. There was, you know, trauma, like things happening, changing jobs, losing money, they, not unknown, all those things right. happened. And I found myself like, I think for a month, like I felt, I, I don't know. It, was I depressed for a month? Was I feeling signs, uh, symptoms of depression? I have no idea because this mm -hmm. was all, all new to me. So I think the two things are, um, especially in a time like now, try to convince the people that maybe don't need it, but would benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And then also what are some of the things that I can be doing? Some of the things that think that people can be doing to kind of help, help themselves as they move along mm -hmm. the process and think about, okay, I want to do some, do some counseling. Yeah, for sure. So um, one thing I like to dispel a lot, too, is when we talk about depression, um, there's the, you know, the, the diagnosable term of depression. There's a whole bunch of uh, stipulations, all the things that, you know, have you been feeling down for two weeks and all these different things uh, that help define what depression is. But we can also just be talking about the feeling of depression. Like, I feel depressed. So one thing that I love about um, the kind of work that I do is, um, 
is that I don't have to put this diagnosis on people. I don't have to fit you into this label of depression or anxiety or whatever that a lot of people do in our field. But um, the fact that you're experiencing symptoms of depression means that you could benefit from the treatment for depression. Okay. Whether you've been feeling depressed for, you know, two weeks or six years, there's things that you can do and things that uh, trained professionals can help you to do, not only do, but just to figure out in order to relieve those feelings. Because, you know, just we're talking about doctors, it, it's everything's very relatable in terms of, uh, you know, medical metaphors here. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're, feeling pain your body pain is your body's way of telling you something is going on and same with depression same with anxiety panic attacks things like that that means that there's something going on that your body wants you to know about it doesn't mean necessarily that's um that's not necessarily a bad thing it just means that there's something that can be uncovered there's something that your body is trying to to point out to you and say hey what's going on like you were saying like walking into your first counseling session yeah you're not maybe terrified but you're a little anxious you're a little you know um, tense on edge because your mind is telling you, Hey, there's a new thing going on. We, we need to prepare for this. We need to think about this. That's not a bad thing. But, it, um, yeah, when we go through these, these things, these seasons of depression or different feelings, whatever going on, um, we can all benefit from looking at things that are deeper there. Cause sometimes it can just be like, yeah, I'm switching jobs and that's really stressful. And how do I deal with that? And so there's things you can do to deal with stress, or it could be, um, something deeper sitting there too. Like, you know, when I was younger, my parents, you know, worked job to job and there's this real trauma there of not getting to eat dinner and things like that, you know. And oh, I've never missed a meal. Look at me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but whenever these these things come up, there's, you know, I think of it like a tree. There's the leaves, which is really the symptoms of the problem, the feelings of depression, the panic attacks and like can be bodily pains, things like that. And then there's the roots of the tree. And if we don't address those roots, those symptoms are always going to come back. You heard it here first. Leaves are bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and here's Kelsey's thing. Yeah, he uses comedy to deflect. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm aware of this. I, I do it, so I'm aware. Um, what's the last thing we're going to talk about? Some tips for quarantine, if you yeah, will. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Tips for quarantine. That was the final thing. Go for it. Yeah, so I'm sure we've all just loved all the self-care tips and advice we've seen all over Facebook and Instagram and all the things, <laughs> so I will not use the word self-care. But there are um, you know, a few things I've been thinking about in terms of this really interesting time that we're living in. So the first tip, you know, the free counseling, if you will, that I would give and to share Um would really be to to be honest about your feelings. And if you are, um, you know, in the category of Taylor and don't know what a feeling is or how to feel those feelings, <laughs> um, you know, what I always recommend first is to do a daily check-in with yourself. Kind of, you know, if, in Catholic world, we like our examination of conscience. Very similar to that. Just kind of running through your day. But instead of looking for all the ways that you failed, looking for <laughs> what was I feeling? What was going on? And it, it doesn't have to be just the, the negative things. But, you know, like, okay, when I woke up, what was I feeling? Was I excited for something? Or was I, you know, like most of us, not wanting to get up and <laughs> wanting to go back to bed? You know, how was I feeling at different points of the day? And, um, you know, they've done research on this. Um, there's whenever people are describing feelings, they can typically name on average of about three feelings and it's somewhere along the lines of sad, mad, and really mad. <laughs> Those are the ones that we can identify, but there's actually more like 33 emotions that we all typically regularly feel. So if we're not able to 
know those what those emotions are, those words, and if we're not able to to define them and then apply them to ourselves, we're missing out on a whole lot of stuff going on. Because you know, if you um, to the person that only has a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Mm-hmm. So if you only know the word angry, you're never gonna know. Am I feeling grief? Am I feeling sadness? Am I feeling anxiety? I'm thinking of the Pixar movie now, <laughs> Inside Out. For like, have you seen it with the very specific feelings? Yeah, <laughs> anger. <laughs> so yeah, so just getting honest about your feelings and just practicing that, naming your feelings when they're coming up. I know it sounds simple, but there's so much power to just putting words to those feelings, and that's really ends up being the first thing I recommend to people when they come to counseling. So if you're thinking about going to counseling, you're already one step ahead of the game. Well, good. That's all you get for free because we're <laughs> out of time. Uh, but you can go you can go check out Kelsey's new uh, counseling service, Abide Counseling. That is AbideCounselingBCS.com. Abide Counseling on Facebook. You have the final word, Miss Johnson slash Rickinson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to thank you for having me here. I'm just, I'm so excited to start this counseling process um, practice here in Bryan College Station. Um, I'm also doing telehealth, so oh, yeah. my services are available to anyone in the state of Texas. And I just wish you all the best. Everyone stay safe out there and talk about your feelings. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Kelsey. And I will be right back. We are going to let John back in. Don't go anywhere. Hello, Jonathan. I I feed my children off the generosity of other people. Uh, I have worked in nonprofits for the last five years, and Forte Catholic is now a nonprofit organization. So literally everything we do here, all the ministry, all the stuff that we're doing, and like literally supporting myself and my family all comes from support of the nonprofit Forte Catholic. It's a 501c3, so anyone can give. It is a tax-deductible donation. You can do that at ForteCatholic.com slash donate. If you are listening this far in the show, it means that you have liked something that we have done at least in the past. So I would appreciate your support uh, for this new endeavor that we have going. Thanks and God bless. Do it. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. This is Jonathan Blevins returning. Uh, you haven't heard the interview yet, but what did you think of it? I'm sure it's incredible and I can't wait. <laughs> you can't wait for something that's already happened. It's gonna, it's, I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be great. The, good, the, the miracle of podcasting. <laughs> I just think you don't like me on interviews anymore. That's what I'm starting to think. No, here's the thing, Jonathan. Um, some of it has been completely random. Some of it has been you're very busy. And every time we schedule a show, it's also our scheduled time to catch up. So I want to catch up with you and also be respectful of your time, because otherwise we'd be here for three hours. <laughs> Thank you. That, that warms my soul. Good. Uh, I'm glad you found it. So uh, <laughs> last week, we started a grand new tradition, a new segment called Chicken Soup for the Shrill. This all started because I was watching a Friends episode, and they were reading the Chicken Soup for the Soul book. And I was like, wow, we need to bring this back. And then I tweeted that, and my good friend Matt Nelson was like, this should be a segment, but it should be called Chicken Soup for the Stroll. So here it is. We started it last week. I thought I was going to have to introduce it to you, but you decided to start listening to the podcast, so we'll just get right into it. This, the, the whole thing is about sharing positive, uplifting stories to warm the heart, just like Chicken Soup for the Soul did for people for 20 years ago 
for a span. They put out eighty thousand books in the span of about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember we had like three or four of them. They had like chicken soup for the soul with teens and like with kids. It, it was great stuff. Oh, I, I I know. I've recently went and looked at the list, and boy, there were some weird ones. <laughs> chicken soup for the soul for dogs. Oh my gosh, chicken soup for the soul was the first podcast. They're so niche. There's something for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, the mistake that I made last week is I, I introduced the segment, and then I was like, you know what? Just to kind of set the mood, I'll start, and I'll share my heart-lifting story, heartwarming, heart-uplifting story. And uh, then I looked at the clock at the time I was done, and Father Anthony had one minute to tell his story. So you're going first today. <laughs> I'll go first today. I was, see, you need to have this really cool, like, chicken soup for the troll intro. I know. I haven't made it yet. <laughs> Where, like, you can hear, like, soup being poured into the bowl so and, like, cra- the breaking of crackers. We've been chosen, we've been fed. Please continue. Okay, so yeah, this is the first one that came to my mind. So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, those who don't know, I am married, I have three kids, uh, five, four, and six months old. Um, Two boys and a girl, which is really fun. And a couple years ago, my wife and I really felt this call to do what we called hospitality nights. Basically, I was inspired after a conversation with Annie Hickman, who does something kind of similar. Um, where you just kind of open your your house and cook cook a meal uh, every single week. Actually, I think any has people bring food, but we decided to to, to go all out and to cook um, enough food for everybody. And, and the whole idea was like we want to be better at loving our neighbors, like our actual <laughs> literal neighbors. Um, and everyone, like you ring the doorbell, you hi- you hide. Nobody likes them when the doorbell rings, but. My doorbell doesn't work, and I'm not fixing it on purpose. Yeah, just like that. Like, you know, that's just how it is. Or, like, you know, I'll be, like, mowing the lawn, and, like, you see the neighbor come out, and you're just like, "Mm, I'm just going to keep mowing. Uh, And, and, you know, I really do think, obviously, you can take what Jesus said when he said, love your neighbor, uh, to love everyone, sure. But also, I think it's important to love our actual neighbors. And so our idea was, like, we'll open the house up every single Thursday, and it'll just be a thing where people know on Thursdays that, hey, we have nothing going on tonight. Let's go over to John and Jody's and, and have a meal and some fellowship. No no evangelization, like, agenda, just just Catholics trying to live their normal life, right? Um, and we had, like, 50 people show up to our very first one. I had to go back to the store because I thought – I was thinking it would be a thing where, like, one family shows up, like, and another family shows up the next week and, like, just, you know, oh, it's Thursday. We can go do this. Um, and no, like ended up becoming this like giant thing where at our biggest one, I think we had like 75 or 80 people, um, priests, seminarians, a bishop has come before, uh, and all like just being the normal selves. Like it, it was a really cool thing. Um, and then some people that I met from Twitch and I started to learn that they like, uh, lived near me, uh, were just an hour or two or three away. And it was a little risky, you know. You don't, you know, meeting strangers can be kind of a scary thing. But I've done it a lot now on Twitter. Yeah, they Twitch always Twitter. say that if you're going to meet strangers, welcome them into your home first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, with your children, you know. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, but but I, I I knew some of them. I thought pretty well, and to talk to them offline, and um, so I started having some of them come over. And um, one guy just kind of like really, really, really enjoyed just being around like a Catholic family. Like he hadn't really been around one. He hadn't really gone to mass in a long time, but he felt like he was missing some spiritual stuff. And just by the nature of, of the hospitality nights, like I said, priests would be there and um, they would just be completely normal. Like I'm, I'll never forget this one time where this, my, my good buddy, who's, who's like your stereotypical biker. He has tats everywhere. He, he shows up on his giant motorcycle, a beard bigger than ours combined. 
and he's just swearing up a storm and he's right next to a seminarian, but he doesn't know he's a seminarian. And like, finally, after 30 minutes of him just cussing up and down incognito uh, for Jesus, <laughs> right? Then he goes, so what do you do? And he's like, Oh, I'm a seminarian. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, it's okay. Uh, and, and then they had a huge conversation about God. So cool stuff like that was happening all the time. But my favorite was this particular guy from the, the stream shows up and, um, and really felt like, like he, he was just lonely, lost, was missing something in his life. Um, and we started talking about like sin and, and confession. And, uh, there was a priest there and I was like, dude, there's, there's a, you know, good priest friend of mine who's here. And I bet you hear your confession. If you want to, if you want to go, I think it'd be really healing for you. And he was like, wait, seriously, I can do that. And I was like, yeah. And so in my house, like I'm like cooking food and I'm looking over in the corner of the house and I just see like someone I met online from Twitch and another priest who I met kind of online through Twitch having confession. And the look on his face afterwards was just incredible. Uh, and yeah, so like, it was funny, like all this work I tried to do for the parish at the time. And we had, God did a lot of really good things at that parish. This was probably the most fruitful thing was just this hospitality night and having it be just natural, normal evangelization. That's awesome. So I have questions about this confession. Yeah. Where, where, did it happen like within your home? Like, is this place like a sacramental room now? <laughs> uh, yep. It's a sacramental room now. Okay. Uh, we sold the house. So, uh, now a bishop lives there. <laughs> kidding uh no, i was no, like it, wait it, what why didn't you lead with this <laughs> no, no no it happened it happened in yeah it happened in the house over like nobody was near uh he had the stole and everything it was beautiful I, I love that it's like uh it's like priests are are superheroes because they have superpowers like you know making sins disappear and turning bread into jesus you know superpowers yeah, yeah and they also have like their like hidden cape you know like superman would go into the to the phone booth now kids phone booths were these things before everybody <laughs> <laughs> so he would go into the phone booth and he would and he, you know like, like zip down his regular stuff and he was superman right so the priest is just like hanging at your house just trying to eat a hot dog or something. And then this guy's like, hey, I've never hadn't been to confession in years. Can I go to confession? And he whips out his secret cape, which is a stole. And he, we must leave now. Follow me. <laughs> My son. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, that's a very good story. And I'm glad I let you tell it. You're welcome. You have time for yours now, too. I do. Uh, I have I have a story that comes from uh, Zig Ziglar. Do you know who Zig Ziglar is, Jonathan? That's not a real thing. He's a real human person. Well, he's not anymore. He's passed on. But oh, he he, he was. So yikes! Zig Ziglar was this guy, like kind of in the. Wait, that was his name or nickname? I, I'm I'm sure the first name was a nickname. Okay. Uh, but his last name really was Ziglar. Uh, okay. which I always get. So for people from Houston, uh, Marvin Zindler was our eyewitness news guy. Marvin Zindler, Eyewitness <laughs> News. And that joke was for just my Houston audience. And everybody's sitting at home now like, oh my gosh, I remember that guy from 25 years ago. Uh, big part of my childhood. Uh, so now you know, you're welcome. So uh, Zig was this guy, he was, he was kind of in the first vein of like, motivational speakers but not like how they're sappy and fake now. Like this was uh. years ago where it was like he was, he was a, he used to be a Christian pastor like he was a youth pastor for a while then a pastor and then he moved into the business world but he never like stopped his faith being a front and center thing so he ended up being one of the biggest like business gurus in the world he would travel the country and he had like podcasts and videos and books and all these kinds of things um to help people be better leaders and this guy was like literally he was a virtual 
like leadership coach and like mentor for me for years. Like I have this, I have, I went through last night. I was like, okay, let me find some stories. And I was like, let's do it. Let's do one or two from Zig. Uh, Cause I was going through these things, John, and, I, and this, this note, I ended taking notes. He passed away a few years before this, but I essentially finished. I've listened to everything this guy's ever said. Wow. You know, publicly, you know, and it, the note ended in 2015. I started listening to him in maybe 2009. So for like six years, I'm just constantly taking this guy's thoughts and, and, and he's just a great leader. He talked about uh, leadership business, uh, being a better husband and father. He talked about being a better Christian. Like he had conversations about all of these things and I just ate it up and I went through all of these things. Uh, last night, I scrolled through the entire thing and just sat and thought with it. And and, and I was like, How, you know, what can I talk about on the show? And like, there were only like three or four of the like maybe 125 notes that I'd taken that I had forgotten. Like so many of them, I had, I had, they're so much a part of who I am now that I forgot they came from Zig. Like some of them I remember specifically hearing him talk about, but like yeah. others was like, it's so much who I am. That I'm like, oh, that was from Zig. Like I heard that on a podcast or something, right? Um, one of the stories that he shared is about Nat King Cole. You know who Nat King Cole is, right? Yeah. The the famous musician. Okay. So yeah. Nat King Cole was just was just a backup guy, just playing his instrument in the back of the band, and they would go uh, and and the band would play every night at at a, at a bar or at a, at a at a you know just some kind of social event, right? And the whole band was getting like $20 and they would split it. And the front guy and the band leader would get like, you know, $8 and the rest of the guys would split the other 12. I did the math right. Okay. So the the front man didn't show up one night. So Nat, Nat did this for years and the front man didn't show up. Uh, and the owner of the club walks up to, to the group and said, no front man, no play, no money. And Nat was, they were, they were all poor and broke and they were just like, all right, Nat was like, okay, well, I'm, I guess I'm going to sing then. I guess I'm going to be the front man. So he rotated up front, and that's how we got Nat King Cole. Incredible. That's <laughs> amazing. He would have been a backup guy his whole life. So I'm, I'm hearing this story, and I'm like, like man, there's, there's so much to being prepared and ready to step up in the moment, right? But then there's this, also this thing of like this idea of like desperation helps us to make decisions that we probably should have made a long time ago. Right. Oh, yeah. And and like I, I like that's how I feel like we started Forte Catholic as a nonprofit. And this is what I'm doing full time out of a situation of desperation, like COVID happening and financial things happening. Like just a lot happened where I had to make this decision. I had to I had to move in. I had to move on. Right. I had to move on from what I was doing. And everyone in my life was like, yeah, we thought you were going to do this years ago. I was like, what? where were you years ago? Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, like, why did you tell me? <laughs> exactly. So I, I think sometimes desperation makes us make decisions that we probably should have made a while before, or at least thought like seriously thought about. Right. So, you know, if you're in desperation and th everything's falling apart and you're like, you know, kind of going everywhere, probably not the best place to make a decision, but it is a good time to think about those decisions and to like, talk to your trusted advisors and be like, Hey, is this a decision that I should be making right now? I love it. Am I a trusted advisor? You are a trusted advisor. What a blessing. You what are. A blessing. No, that's incredible. That's beautiful, dude. Yeah. So if, if you want to be Nat King Cole uh, and desperate times arise, do what you need to do. You're prepared for this. 
take that next step. So that, that that is our chicken soup for the stroll today. I've got another Zig story that we'll share here in the coming weeks. Uh, but thank you all for uh, the very kind words uh, that you said about last week's uh, chicken soup for the stroll segment. We're going to continue it because uh, I'm a man of the people and the people want it and the people love it. Jonathan, thank you for today. Thanks for hanging out with me, buddy. Thank you. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, guys. I will be back next week. Say it. Say it. Oh, 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 oh,